Welcome to episode one with Michael and Eric, the podcast where we watch the first episode of a streaming exclusive show and talk about it. I'm Michael. And I'm Eric. And this week we watched the first episode of the television show Wednesday. Why did you say it like that? (laughs) Just to make sure that everybody understands the premise of the show. (laughs) That's a fair point. That is a fair point. First Uh, episode, streaming exclusive. Which is the only thing, with one exception, right? We watched, what did we watch that was the exception? Trinkets. We watched the last episode of? Yes, I could have sworn there was a non-streaming exclusive, too. I think we accidentally watched a non-streaming exclusive, too. Whatever. But we're Uh, not going to watch The Fresh Prince of (laughs) Bel-Air. Not without some serious ratings and reviews, dude. Get to your (laughs) Apple store and leave some fucking ratings and reviews. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, fair enough. We'll do anything for ratings and reviews. We will cancel this podcast for ratings and reviews. (laughs) Uh, What'd you think of Wednesday? I thought that it wasn't for me. Well put. I don't think it was bad, but it I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I think that this show did the same thing that you accused Velma of doing, which was writing a story and then being like, let's drop an existing property in there. My major issue with it, even more major in this than it was with Velma, is who the fuck cares about that existing property? nowadays scooby-doo cartoons kids okay i guess there's some people that care about it but why do they keep trying to push the adams family of all shows on us yeah on kids because didn't they make an an adam family animated movie here semi-recently like what what is it about that property that they just want to keep milking so fucking hard well uh, what I would have liked to have seen more than this, which was sending Wednesday Adams to Hogwarts, I would have much rather seen a reboot of the Adams family. Maybe a grittier, like a gritty you, origin story. <laughs> you can't do, you can't, I don't think you can do gritty Adams family, but I think you can do a little more gritty than it has been, but keep a lot of the humor. I, I would have watched the shit out of it. Not this, though. This, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what this is, though, Michael. Like, it's grittier, and it's earlier than most Adams Family properties. It like, is grittier, yeah. But it's not like a reboot. It's like a, let's make up a school and a power that Wednesday Adams doesn't have. Which, gonna by have, the way... They're going to have to make up something uh, if they're going to do a gritty reboot of anything. Like, there's not, there's only so much backstory and lore to the Adams family for them to draw upon well I mean there is like a whole bunch of like the comic strip from France for the Adams family (laughs) definitely from France not from Hungary (laughs) Belgium whatever 
Dude, you're gonna get me yelled at again. For <laughs> Yell at Michael. He's the one that was he was signing, uh, using sign language to sign Hungary. Yeah, right. He's who threw me off, not my own stupidity. I get what you were looking for. I think I'm just saying I don't think even that would have been good because I think that that's what this ended up. I would bet that that's how this was pitched. Yeah, probably. And and I don't care. I don't care about the Adams family. I haven't cared about it since I was. Why the fuck did I care about it when I was nine or whenever the fucking first movie came out? You know what? I, or not, I don't even know if it was the first movie, but the one with uh, Christina Ricci. Yeah, and and uh, what's his name? The guy that played Gomez. I don't remember. Raul Douglas? Dude that played M. Bison in the Street Fighter movie? God damn it. I'm going to look at him because he's a fantastic actor. I know who you're talking about now that you mentioned him in the Street Fighter movie. Embarrassingly, yes. I, <laughs> I remember Raul this Raul Julia yeah. is his name. And Angelica Houston played Morticia. Yeah. This one had a uh, pretty good cast. It had Christina Ricci again. It had Catherine. Z- was that Catherine Zeta Jones? It was Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah. It had Luis Guzman um, playing Gomez. Is Gomez his name? Jesus Christ! I can't yeah, figure anything his out. His name's Gomez. Um, and then I looked this up because I was thinking back on or trying to imagine what they would do for a grittier version of Uncle Fester, who is absolutely going to have to come into this show. Oh yeah, remember that video game? Yeah, I do remember Fester's Quest. Um, do you know who they... Like, spoiler, I guess, because he's not in this first episode, but do you know who they cast for Uncle Fester in this show? No. Fuck, why, I've already lost his name. Fred Armisen. Oh! And I've seen... I, I saw a still of it, and I was like, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Or rather, what I did see, I or what I did think was, that looks a lot like Fred Armisen. <laughs> and then I went looked it up and realized it was Fred Armisen. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, do you want to tell everybody what this is about? <laughs> the fucking Wednesday Adams goes to Hogwarts. <laughs> yep. But it has powers. But a Hogwarts for outcasts where she's an outcast even amongst outcasts. I'm a little worried that my commentary in today's episode is going to be colored by the fact that long before we decided we were going to watch this show, I watched the pitch meeting for it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I even have written on, written here, pitch meeting. Have we talked about that on this show? Because that's meeting? a streaming. Yeah, that's a streaming exclusive. We should watch that instead of this. We've mentioned pitch meeting once or twice uh, in the show in passing, and I don't know if it made them into the final edit. But gotcha. we haven't talked in extent. It's fine. Do you want to tell everybody about pitch meeting? Pitch meeting is a YouTube channel or show on the i think it's is it screen rant is that the name of their uh they have their own channel now pitch meeting has their own standalone um and it's one dude who plays both a producer and a writer and the writer's pitching a show to the producer and it's always properties that have recently come out or have in the last few years or are in like the cultural zeitgeist and it's always commentary on the plot holes and uh, really lazy writing that happens in a lot of these sort of properties and he ends up using a lot of the same sort of catchphrases that have made their way into my life like super easy barely an inconvenience yeah I've been trying to get that going around the house too <laughs> to, to no avail 
it's a, I'm like she's she's into it. It just hasn't caught on yet. Like okay. she enjoys pitch meeting, and I was like, we should start doing the super easy, barely an inconvenience around the house. She's like, yeah, and we've done it once or twice, and it just hasn't like caught on. I don't know why I find it so funny the idea that you have these little powwows of like, you know, what we should get going around this household. This joke. Let's start making this joke around the house. That's only for the two of us. Instead of I don't know, just doing that joke. No, we gotta like, you gotta have a meeting about it. Is what it sounds like. You you've got to have your own pitch meeting. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like we watched all. I think you should leave, and then had an hour long discussion about which jokes we were gonna do all the time around the house with or without company. I think <laughs> that you didn't have that meeting, and that's probably why those jokes stuck more with you two <laughs> than than the super easy, barely inconvenience, which apparently needed a fucking PowerPoint presentation <laughs> about how and when you should be using that joke. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm just giving you some advice for future jokes you want around the house. <laughs> I wrote here, and I, <laughs> I don't know how much either of these two are in the rest of the show, but especially early on, it felt at least a little like Luis Guzman might have written this show just so that he could make out with Catherine Zeta-Jones a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Um. (laughs) What? I don't know. I don't know why I find uh, you do this from time to time. Like you'll laugh a little bit at something and you say, yeah, that's funny. And it's never felt less funny than when you say, yeah, that's funny. No, it's me trying to, it's me recognizing like we've got something going and we can keep like guest standing this little thing that we have instead of doing an an abrupt transition like we always do. So let me try to think of a yes and for this and then me going, uh, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know what needs, uh, a meeting to talk about jokes that, that we should make around the house and it's this podcast we've tried <laughs> fair enough <laughs> so the show starts off in a normal high school i assume and pugsley pugsley his name yeah wednesday's little brother is getting bullied so she's six some piranhas on the water polo team who had been the ones that had been picking on him. Yeah. And one eats the captain's testicle. Left testicle. Okay, thank you for... (laughs) I don't know that the rest of this commentary was going to be funny if we hadn't nailed down exactly which (laughs) testicle. Um, So she gets expelled from this school, and that's why they've got to enroll her in Nevermore. Two things. One, why is it that shows like this, I think maybe we've made this joke before. I'm trying to think of how to word this. Why is it that the popular jocks in more than one show are the water polo team? (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to be just because they think that that's the funny sport to to do 
right? I guess, but why is it that, like... Maybe because it's, like, extra preppy? Maybe. Hmm. That was number one. Number two, if Nevermore is such a cool and awesome place, Mm -hmm. why had she been to eight other schools before she got enrolled in this one? Yeah. So I've got a lot of thoughts around that event. Well, not that event i've got one or two uh where she puts the piranhas in the swimming pool yeah first thought what is wednesday's like power that they introduced she can see the future okay when she touches pugsley what vision does she see i don't remember she sees the past so maybe she can see whatever the fuck she wants yeah who knows because that's why she attacks the... She's like, who did this? And he's like, I won't tell. And then she touches him and she sees that it was the water polo team. Okay. And then she puts a piranha in the water polo team swimming pool. Piranha somehow in a chlorine swimming pool swims the length of it. I don't know. Maybe we should Google how long can a piranha survive in a, in a swimming pool. Yeah, I'll do that while you keep ranting. Go on. It doesn't feel like second... This was my favorite one was they're checking her into the school and Morticia's like, you're lucky you're not in jail. The family almost pressed charges for attempted murder. And I was like, I don't think you get to decide whether or not. I think when you get to an attempted murder, you the victim doesn't get to make that decision at that point. I think you're right. Also, even for assault, does the victim really? Or is that just a weird, like, if you're a cop, you have to tell me type of thing? I think... It would depend, I guess. I think it's a lot harder to prosecute. I I don't know if it's a you can't press charges for assault if. Or the cops couldn't arrest you for assault if someone didn't press charges or more likely that they couldn't get those charges to stick if this one person that was impacted by this wasn't. I don't fucking know. I, as evidenced by this rambling commentary, I don't know what cops do. <laughs> you were trying to, you you were trying to not say, but then realized that you were going to say, like, I don't know if you have to press charges for them to get arrested. I think maybe just in order for them to get arrested, you have to press charges. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me for sure. Um, a piranha could live in a chlorinated pool for at least minutes to some fraction of an hour because their gills would be damaged by chlorine and their blood would be poisoned as well okay but long enough to swim and chomp somebody's left testicle yes correct okay oh okay so throughout the show the adults and the people in charge of nevermore academy express extreme concern about wednesday's behaviors and her past infractions and uh seem to think that she's dangerous in the opening show the headmaster goes over these concerns uh with it and then says and usually we don't admit students right in the middle of the semester but we're gonna make an exception because of your exemplary grades and i was like Throwing a whole lot of shit out the window there to get somebody with good grades in your school. Yeah, especially when it seems like... And then throughout the show, she is making legitimate threats towards people in front of authority figures 
who just who know her reputation and know that she like does things like put piranhas in pools so they can chop the left testicle of the captain of the water polo team they know this about her and then she says like i'm gonna smother my roommate with a pillow tonight and they're like oh don't do that and then I mean, that's the that's the strongest reaction she got to any of those comments was like a minute later, like, and no smothering your roommate with the pillow. The, uh, the other ones were just like brushing it off. I think you're conveniently ignoring the fact that this is a school filled with wizards and werewolves who gives a shit if a basically human child threatens to smother someone. <laughs> Because at any moment, somebody could get pissed, hulk out, and rip someone to shreds, my dude. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I don't think the murder threats mean anything to them. Because they could, as was evidenced by the fact that one other student simply did, could have and would have killed a Wednesday himself with his fucking mind <laughs> if he hadn't also gotten murdered by a troll himself. I'm, and this might be wrong, I'm picturing Wednesday as, like, a Batman-type figure here, where, like, with enough prep, she can defeat anybody. So, I, I think that might be true. Like, she's going to the, um, extents of piranhas and swimming pools, for example. Like, I think that they should be concerned, because if she really wants to kill a werewolf, She's going to figure out how to kill a werewolf, and she's going to do it. I think that concerned and do anything, doing anything about it are two completely different things. When you're talking about a school with fucking werewolves that could just hulk out and rip someone to shreds. Like, they can understand that if with enough like time and planning she could kill someone that's one thing that's going to take some time they'll probably figure it out and stop her somewhere along the way but if someone decides to hulk out and rip someone to fucking shreds there's they're probably much more concerned with that threat than they are with a basically human batman if you were putting Hannibal Lecter into Gen Pop in prison, and he said, I'm going to eat that person's face. This isn't Hannibal Lecter in Gen Pop. This is Hannibal Lecter in a prison full of fucking werewolves. <laughs> Go ahead and try, Hannibal. What's her, her roommate, who she threatens to smother, admittedly, like, hasn't learned how to werewolf out yet, but she does have her own set of claws. Um, she's not without some ability to protect herself. I, it's. It, I don't know. None of those are going to stop a silver bullet while you're asleep. I sure, but she <laughs> would have to get get in or make a gun, and then also procure enough silver, and then know enough metallurgy to make a silver bullet. Within the matter of an hour, she had two giant bags of piranhas to dump in a swimming pool. She, she had those in her locker. That school should have been worried. That school should have known, especially since that was at that point the seventh school that she had been at. Probably for similar reasons. I don't remember how much they said why she got skipped around to schools. That school should have been concerned because that school wasn't filled with werewolves <laughs> and fucking trolls and shit. This school is like Hogwarts. They don't like who gives a shit if you're going to smother someone. I've got magic. <laughs> I, I don't think Dumbledore would let a student go around being like, are you kidding me? Have you read the Harry Potter books? Yes, he lets several those, times. He lets those kids get away with whatever the fuck they want. 
He was a terrible headmaster. That's true. Dumbledore was a terrible headmaster. And then he... And then he gives them all points to their house. Yes, for doing horrible, horrible shit. If, if nothing else, the headmaster at this school is better than Dumbledore because she doesn't say, you know what, Wednesday? Points to Adam's family or whatever the fuck she was in. Uh, Shay's sister, brother and sister-in-law have a couple of small kids and they just took the, like, what house are you in quiz on whatever website it is now what used to be Pottermore uh their son got Ravenclaw and they so, disowned him because no. they're Gryffindor <laughs> they're ride or die Gryffindor anyway go ahead uh so one thing one way they're motivating him to do stuff is by saying they'll give points to to Ravenclaw <laughs> it's it, pretty good it worked but it's pretty good. Yeah, but, but last last Sunday dinner, like Allison would be like, "Hey, William, can you take this glass and go put it in the sink for me?" And he'd be like, "Eh," and she'd be like, "I'll give a point to Ravenclaw." And she's like, "Yeah, okay," and I'll go do it and come back. And she goes, "One point to Ravenclaw," and then I'd go five points to Gryffindor. <laughs> Actively <laughs> undermining their parenting. Well done, Michael. No, no, because no, now Gryffindor has four more points than Ravenclaw. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get that. <laughs> but you gave them for doing nothing. Yeah. The just only thing like that, Dumbledore. The only thing that would be worse is if you just started giving him points for doing nothing. <laughs> or taking them away. Yeah. Oh, you know how in TV shows, if they need to, like photos of somebody when they were younger it, it, apparently they just like call that person's mom and it's like hey can you give us a you know or, or that person does it one thing i noticed they had a picture of Catherine zeta jones when she was younger and it was a different act like younger actress and yeah. i was like oh interesting i wonder why they did did that and then i was like oh flashbacks yes yep Oh, here's one. Uh, this was directed by Tim Burton. This episode? Yep. Really? Yep. Okay. Which reminded me that Michael Keaton is Batman again? Yeah. I'm so pumped up. You know that Michael Keaton is my favorite Batman? Uh, I'm not surprised by that, but no, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Are they trying to do a multiverse Spider-Man thing like they did with... I think that was always the plan uh, because Flash in the comics has like there's a whole series called Flashpoint where yeah. he does that multiverse thing and it just like resets all the multiversal bullshit that was happening in DC at the time. And I think it makes sense. I think it honestly the movie could be shit so long as it allows them to soft reboot which is what they seem to want to do and just like start making some of their movies and just be like ah, I don't know the Flash did it and that's why this Superman is completely different now and you know this yeah. whatever is completely different so we're gonna see George Clooney pop back up as Batman that would be the only thing that would redeem that strategy which is not just George Clooney they need to find a way to get Val Kilmer uh, yeah that was my next thing is either do like a Top Gun type of thing where he's like sick in the way that Val Kilmer is sick or 
I think there's Batman stories that play that play into that. He could play as Bruce Wayne at least and and whatever. Yeah. Let's see here. Back to Wednesday. If you were 10 years old and you were at a funeral and you were somehow allowed back into the room where they were dropping the casket into the fire and next to the big red button to stop the casket and you noticed a kid was stuck in the casket and you pressed the big red button and you saved the kid's life. You'd remember that, wouldn't you? I would, yeah. But I'm not a weird, overly morose... I, I won't even like stoop to label it goth child who's obsessed with death and uh, not being friends or friendly with anyone either. So... I would. A normal person would, yes. You're right. Wednesday's not normal. Wednesday's not normal. Yep. It didn't take me this long into the show to realize this show wasn't for me, but the thing that was the final nail in the soon-to-be incinerated coffin was the introduction, however lamely, of a love triangle. Like, yeah. I I have no time for this bullshit anymore. Yeah, I 100% agree. It felt really forced Especially for a like a character that admittedly herself, and I think in most other iterations, doesn't really have a whole lot of time for for romance or whatever. Particularly from a a normie, right? Yeah, but this is um, not the Wednesday Adams that we all already know. Yeah, at some point, maybe we all need to recognize that this isn't Wednesday Adams at all. And it's instead just a, an overly morose child that we're calling Wednesday. Yep. Uh, and that's okay. Yeah. My last note on this is, uh, just put a fucking keyboard in front of thing. Right. I don't understand why. I, yeah, I don't understand, especially if we're going to insist that this is in a more modern and shit. She had a, a computer in front of her. Like, just let him type shit out. Even yeah. if he's got a hunt, hunt and peck, he'd be all right. Yeah, for sure. Um, You got anything else for the show? No. What other... I've got... Just a couple... Oh, a couple updates and a new topic. Okay, go on. First update is Poker Face. Season. Have you been watching it? Have not, but season it just got renewed for season two. Very nice. Shay and I are caught up on it. You got her to watch it? Yeah, she's loving it. Awesome. Uh, me too. It's still very good. It's very Columbo-y, and I can see them doing what they did with uh, Columbo, which is just like 25 years of just like every once in a while here's another season or here's a TV movie we made for this and just like get Natasha Leone in whenever they can and just pump a couple out. Yeah. It's great. Whenever Ryan Johnson, does Ryan Johnson continue to direct? I think most episodes, this last episode, he neither wrote nor directed. Okay. So. But it was still really good. Sure. I, yeah. Uh, um, and they're starting to, or at least you're starting to see her like talk a little more about how her powers work. Uh, one thing I thought of because we were talking about like does she know if the thing the person is saying is a lie or can she tell if the person's trying to deceive her and we were like we landed on no if she she can just tell if the statement 
that she was told is true or false. But what I thought of after we recorded then was, then how did it help her gambling? Because when you're gambling, you're not sitting there saying blatant bold-faced lies you just went to a casino you're not saying bold-faced lies to everybody to try or even at the poker table you're maybe, not maybe that's why i was terrible at, <laughs> <Yeah>. at gambling <laughs> yeah yeah Shit. <laughs> but even when you're playing poker you're you're bluffing and stuff but you're not and you're trying to deceive other players but you're not just saying lies fair yeah. do you think maybe how she plays poker is every hand she just goes do you have a good hand <laughs> do you have a good hand i have a good hand do you have a good hand Maybe, yeah. <laughs> we do see a lot now. We were talking about like when she tells somebody somebody's lying, doesn't let the audience in on it. Happens all the time. Um, but otherwise, really good. Uh, other update is I'm still watching that 70s show. Not that 90s show? Nope. <laughs> oh, man. Shocker. A little, like, as it progresses, there are some jokes in there now that I'm like, um, okay, maybe not, uh, like, um, homophobic. You know, all the types of stuff from that Most era. shows in the 90s, yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, and uh, Red has become pretty toxic. And Eric is just a little shit. He's a wiener. He is the worst, especially to his mom. Like, and it made me think back about how I treated my mom when I was that age, because I just watched the episode where she, all she wants to do is, like, go to dinner and a movie with him and connect yeah. with him. And he's just, like, so resistant. And I'm, I'm sitting there watching and be like, you little shit, spend some time with your mom. What the fuck are you doing? And then I thought back to, like, if I were that age and my mom wanted to do that, I would have reacted the, not even the same way. Because he eventually, like, comes through and, like, does it and tells her he has a nice di- time and, like, invites her out again. I would have been so much worse than he was. So much worse. And it like really makes me think like, was my mom really that bad? Yeah. Uh the anytime I have that thought, uh the the logic train that that takes me down always takes takes me down to the last big well not I guess, the last big fight I had with my mom as a teenager where I ended up moving out after I had turned 18 but was still in high school. And the reason I moved out and we had this fight is because I wanted to go spend the night at my girlfriend's place who was, had her, like she was older than me and like had her own place or whatever. Um, And my mom was like, no, you're not fucking doing that, which is a completely reasonable reaction. (laughs) It is completely reasonable. But it doesn't matter. Like I can, I would have that same thought. Like, oh yeah, like what what kind of shithead was I to my mom? And then I, the next stop on that train is always the end of the station, which is that one where I'm like, God, I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And then I just wanted to mention Kunk on Earth because you turned me on to it. And have you? Did you finish it? Oh yeah, I've watched it all the way, and I've like turned it on. Uh, a few times since then not like watching i haven't like sat there and binged watched them all again but like i'll watch an episode have you found or watched any uh episodes of kunk on britain which is what this came from no uh look i haven't found any i haven't looked all that hard but i haven't found any whole episodes on youtube but i found a lot of compilations of her stuff on youtube and youtube just keeps feeding that shit to me and i eat that shit up it is so fucking good I don't. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to do the joke justice, but there was one that was so fucking funny that I could not stop laughing at, which was just her saying, 
asking somebody a question that was just absolutely ridiculous and made no fucking sense, especially when you're talking to a story and it was just something completely off the walls bonkers. And at the end of it, she goes, hold on, I think I misspoke. And then she asks a completely reasonable question that's completely separate from the first one. And the person being interviewed just looks at her like, what the fuck is this? And it's perfect. Um, have you watched all of Kunk Honor? No, we've we've only watched the first episode. Honestly, we haven't sat down to watch a lot of TV this week at all, just between work and shit like that. There's, yeah, it's we, we are going to. It's really, very good, really funny. Um, but anyway, everybody, that's a good Netflix recommendation. Kunk Netflix Honor. exclusive. Kunk on Earth, so funny. It is a British woman basically doing a Planet Earth style documentary and interviewing people, but it's just the most deadpan like very sarcastic comedy it's so fucking funny yeah uh one of my favorite jokes i've got there's one segment uh that had me rolling but one of my favorite jokes on kunk on earth is she's talking to somebody she goes so tell me about the importance of the bible yes (laughs) the person goes do you mean the bible and she goes Oh, is that how it's pronounced? I've only ever seen it written down. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Yeah, uh, as soon as we got... Th- I I saw the, the show come up and I was like, Kunk on Earth, what the fuck does yeah. that mean? Watch the little snippet that Netflix always does. And I was just like, yep, we're watching that right now. Got five minutes in. I was like, Michael and Shay would fucking love this and sent you that text like immediately. Yeah. Uh... uh have you watched where she's talking about the Roman Empire? I think that was the first. I've only watched the first episode. I think that was the first episode. Where she does uh, invented or perfected with... Yes. <laughs> or either that or I saw it in a clip. No, no, no. It was in that episode. Yeah. That that was... That I was laughing so hard. I was stoned and uh, watching with Shay and I was laughing so hard. Shay eventually was like looking at me like this. And I was like, no, this is funny. And then the next day we were um, we were quoting it together. So that was nice. <laughs> like we had a meeting and started, decided. <laughs> decided, to, hey, yeah. this show was funny. We're going to watch more of it and joke about it. <laughs> we're going to joke about that invented or perfected segment. No, <laughs> no fewer than three times a week. <laughs> you're wall, you're wallied. You can't answer the next question. <laughs> Cobblestone streets. Well, uh, no, I'm sorry, you can't, you can't answer this. <laughs> she goes, "Hun," and he's like, "Pass," and she's like, it you, "You can't pass." It doesn't work that no, way. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> oh man, I might, I might watch that little segment when you leave. I'm telling you, look look up compilations of that shit on YouTube. Like, there's some really, really good bits from Kunk on Britain or from... she. It's a character from some show from even years before. Yeah, that. like a daily show type of show from Something. what I can tell. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. I recognize Diane Morgan, the woman who plays Kunk. Um, she's in some Ricky Gervais stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so don't watch Wednesday. Do, Do watch, watch Kunk, Kunk on Earth. Earth. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Want to wrap it up? Thanks for listening to the episode one podcast with Michael and Eric. Um, the show where we only watch streaming exclusive shows. And really, in 99%, and I mean that very literally, 99% of our episodes 
only watched the first episode. Over 99%. It's like 99.5% or it's approaching that. I just want to be perfectly clear that, that that's all our show is about. For the one listener that knows what the fuck I'm talking about. And I, I'm still not 100% certain isn't a bot. Uh, Speaking of bots, any responses from Mo? From Mo? No, not yet. Mm. Uh, I don't think so, anyway. Um, yeah, check out our website. It's episode1podcast.com. That's spelled out O-N-E. Or follow us on Twitter at podcast episode one. That's number one. Leave a rating or review. If you want us to watch the first episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, uh, leave many ratings or reviews. If you want us to watch the first episode of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, we already have. Go listen to it. Yeah. The, the, yes. Fair enough. Hey, Bosdi. It's a dope theme song you lent us. Gave to us. Didn't lend it. We we It's ours now. We own it now. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. Oh